The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Welcome to the Ask Harry podcast. This is Harry Margolis, and this is the podcast where we interview experts on all aspects of estate planning. On today's episode of Ask Harry, Harry chats with financial advisor Nora Youssef of Empower Wealth Group on the subject of financial considerations for aging parents. Nora, welcome back. I'm so glad we're going to be able to talk today about how adult children can help their parents with their finances as they age. Sure, Harry. Glad to be on again. Why, why are we talking about this today? What, what, what's, what's current about this? Yeah, well, I'd say, you know, in light of, of course, the pandemic, as we and our parents age, there are going to be 99 problems, including this COVID. And we don't want money on top of everything else to be one of those problems. Um, And so as you age, you'll be asking, when can I retire and play with the grandkids? As your parents age, they'll likely be asking, why do I have to wear this damn mask? And on a more serious note, they'll also be asking, you know, what kind of care can I afford once this pandemic and viruses are in our review mirror and we all have the vaccine? Um, and, and most of that orchestration, of course, is going to fall on you, the adult child, particularly the daughter or daughter-in-law, um, along with juggling everything else you have going on. And so... Uh, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I get it. I'm with you. And it's really why uh, my practice and Power Wealth Group really focuses on helping women to empower you through your finances, your um, financial planning and professional connections to help you and the family, which, of course, includes your parents. It's also why we meet with clients on nights and weekends um, and have wine at just about every event we hold. Well, that's, that'll help relax people. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, and our uh, play on our wording for our practice, Empower Wealth Group, and it's a women's event, it's the Empower Her uh, Wealth Group. Aha, uh-huh. interesting. It's interesting what you say about focusing on women, because I actually just read a statistic that by the time uh, older Americans reach age 85, there are twice as many women as men. Yes. And you see it more vividly when you step into any nursing home. You look around and it's mostly women. And it's probably even more than twice as much because the other, the other statistic is that twice as many older women are likely to be living alone as men, which is uh, partly because if they were in a heterosexual relationship, the, the guy probably died and left them alone. Mm-hmm. So Right, right. And once you're alone, you're more dependent. Um, you're more dependent. You're more isolated, and uh, more likely to need a n- nursing home care, and also more likely to need help from your kids if you have any. Which gets us back uh, to where we started. Right, right. And we, as us women, as we're living longer, at at some point, statistically, ninety five percent of us will be in the driver's seat, whether we want to be or not, in terms of our finances, and we're and we're um, having to manage more money than ever before. In fact, it's projected in 10 years, two-thirds of the nation's wealth will be controlled by women. Um, so the fact that we're living longer and there's more money to manage is all the more reason to pay more attention. And of course, there's a, one reason there's more money to manage is we switched from from defined pensions to 401k plans and 
IRAs, so we're all, we're all responsible for our own futures. That plays a big role. So what should uh, adult children know? Uh, how, can, how can they help their parents? Yeah, there's, you know, there's a couple different um, uh, factors here that I'm looking forward to us going through. I think the first one we ought to look at um, uh, is benefits. Now, you and I did a re- uh, pretty thorough recording, I'd say maybe two years ago, that I know is on your website, covering Social Security and what you need to know. Um, uh, and so what I'm going to do here is just lightly go through broad strokes of what to know for your parents' sake. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and because this is a crucial part of people's retirement plans as they age. Um, and in addition to Social Security, I also walk people through Medicare choices of what supplements and what Medicare Advantage plan to choose because these are really important decisions that are aren't easy, and they are a lot more complex than what people realize. So for Social Security, um, there's a lot of money to be had, especially for women. Um, so especially for the uh, likely your moms out there. Um, a little pop quiz here is if, uh, let's say, a Bob and Carol, let's say their income for Bob is about 120 most of his lifetime. Carol was about 70 grand most of her career. So modest means, and over a 20-year Ban, just think to yourself for a moment here, how much you think they would collect in Social Security alone over 20 years? Harry, you want to take a stab at this? Uh, I'll say 20 years. I'll, uh, I'll take a stab at it. I'll see four down. Oh, we've got, a, we've got some music going here to put some pressure <laughs> on me. So I'll say a million dollars. Alex Trebek would not be mad at that answer. That's not too far off. Um, it's over a million, uh, $250,000. It's a good chunk of money. Yeah. Um, that could be yours or your parents if you or they understand how it works correctly. And, and when I said this is complex, I really meant that there are over 81 different ways to collect, plus three iterations. Um, after 2015, um, and I can tell everyone the most optimal time and up to the months of when they should collect, if I knew how long they were going to live, and of course right. we don't know that. Um, um, but some basics here that everybody should know. One is the soonest you can collect is age 62. If you are widowed, the soonest your likely mom or also dad could collect is age 60. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's also increases each year you hold off and wait to collect. Now, when you are married, there are certain benefits here. You can collect either 100% of the benefits off of your own working history or half of your spouse's, whichever is higher. Now, what's interesting is you can actually play off uh, potentially between your benefit and your spouse's benefit. And for instance, a couple recently, I found an extra $44,000 over the course of four years using one of these strategies. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. Now, a lot of the, some of my favorite strategies were taken away in 2015, but there are still some that are available. So I'm, again, just going to give some broad strokes here. And if your ears perk up on any of this, um, we can follow up separately offline and talk it through and see if any of this applies to you. Um, now, if you, when your parents is divorced, um, are there any benefits there in the eyes of Social Security? Well, sort of, yeah. Um, it works the exact same way as if they were married. They're eligible to collect either a benefit off of their own working history 
or up to half of what the ex-spouse would be collecting. So as long as they were married for 10 years and divorce is an area I know a lot about. I'm a certified divorce financial analyst and constantly brought in to help answer, you know, if an individual is going to be okay or what happens next. Um, and also host uh, singles mix and mingles events that are 50 plus. So, so um, anyone who's in the divorce realm, if your parent of yours is divorced, just know that there may be another card they can put down here um, for social security to obtain more income and boost their income. So um, is, if you're, yep. Oh, I was just going to ask, is it also true that uh, speaking as we were earlier, widows, that if you've been collecting on your own social security and or or spousal social security, either one, I guess, and your spouse dies, um, you can then switch over to their social security benefit. Yes, good distinction. So yes, for widows. Now for widows, honestly, the typical rules for social security get thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. For widows, um, it is it's, the system is very generous because when this was established back in the 1930s, if a husband passed away in war, that was detrimental to the financial shape of the family. And so they made those rules super generous and they haven't changed them. So in short, yeah, if a spouse passes away, husband or wife, you can step in and collect not just half, but a hundred percent of what they were collecting. That includes if they held off until age 70, which was the furthest that someone can push off on collecting and therefore, and thereby receive the largest amount possible. Okay. And, and you can also, what's more is you can switch back and forth between a personal benefit and a um, surviving spousal or surviving, surviving ex spousal benefit. And I would say about eight out of nine times, eight, eight out of 10 times for widows, I find extra money lying around through social security. Hmm. So again, I just want to give these broad strokes. So if you're a parent or an aunt or a friend is widowed, have them speak to someone. Um, I'm happy to. I don't charge for these strategy sessions for Social Security. Um, and find out if there's more money to be had. Um, it's far too much money goes uncollected. And many people assume that the check will just automatically come in the mail. Uh, far too often it does not. So, uh, so if someone did want to reach out to you and, uh, and get your advice on this, how would they reach you? Oh, um, reach out. Uh, my phone number is 508-230-8960. Um, and feel free to uh, email me. The quickest way over the radio here is if you just Google Nora, N-O-R-A, and Boston, I'll come right up on the really? Google feed. Um, yes. Um, not, not, or, not a lot of and, Noras around? And there apparently aren't, no. Um, or Empower Wealth Group, Nora, I'll come right up. Um, if you want to email me, it's Nora, N-O-R-A dot Yusuf, Y-O-U-S as in Sam, I as in Iowa, F as in Florida, at R as in Royal, B as in Bank, C as in Canada dot com. So, but anyhow, um, yeah. So you, so you got me thinking a little bit. So if you're a married couple mm-hmm. and uh, one spouse earned a lot more than the other, um, and especially that spouse is the guy who's less likely to live as long, mm-hmm. would it make sense for that spouse to uh, delay taking benefits to age 70 and, but for the, uh, the, the woman uh, to uh, begin taking benefits earlier just to just get the money in. Yes. And in many cases, I suggest that depending on the longevity, of course, if, you know, the, if the husband's longevity is, you know, not looking great, looking at, you know, the parents' genes for better mm-hmm. or worse, 
Um, um, I tend to recommend really holding off as long as possible up till that age 70. Um, if they don't need the money otherwise, and they have other investments they can live off of. Because, and the main reason for that is because ultimately, for the sake of your spouse, when you decide to collect is not a me decision, it's a we mm-hmm. decision mm-hmm. that will impact mm-hmm. your spouse as well. Wow. And then, though, of course, you're, if you're unmarried, it'd be the opposite. If, you're, if you, you didn't have long longevity, you'd probably want to take your benefits earlier and take the money and run. Yes. And, and again, it, not necessarily, though. So, so Social Security, again, it's so outdated. I mean, mm-hmm. they still project that you live 12 years after starting to collect which of course is not true. Average American is living into their mid eighties. And so, so where the cutoff stands, and if you're trying to think about your cumulative benefits and where that break point, break even point is, if your full retirement age is 66, if you were to collect at uh, 66 versus 62, so you're collecting later, but collecting a larger amount, but for fewer years, the break even age, you have to live past to have gotten one up over the Social Security Administration and get more money in your pocket is age 78. Mm-hmm. It's actually not that old. Yeah. Now, the break even for 70, so if you were to collect at 70 versus collecting at 62, which again would mean you're collecting sooner and longer, but a reduced amount, that break even age is 80. It is what? What was that? 80. 80. So if you live past 80, then it was, you were better off holding off and waiting until 70 to collect. Mm-hmm. Your full retirement age is 66. So just two more years. Mm-hmm. And then what's the, what's the uh, trade-off between 66 and 70? I was hoping you'd ask that question. The break-even <laughs> point then is 82. Uh-huh. Okay. So... Um, and I guess uh, what I've heard uh, related to this is that some people think of Social Security to some extent as longevity protection. So if you have um, you, you have a certain amount of money, and if you're not sure your money is going to last as long as you are, the benefit of, of waiting for a um, to get a higher benefit is that. Um, if you live well into your 80s, you're going to get more money during that time. Sure. You know, if we call Social Security what it is, when you break it down, it's a government-sponsored, inflation-adjusted lifetime retirement income. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot to say, yes, yeah. this is a payment that goes on to perpetuity, and it's going to continue to come. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the longer you live, the more you need it. That's right, because of course that means you're going to have to just stretch your assets otherwise to last that much longer. So, so yes, the pressure's on, and again, that goes back to women who are living longer and are going to need more money so that the money lasts along with them. Very good. So, um, so switching from Social Security to insurance, what uh, what would you recommend? uh, I guess really that uh, adult children need to know about insurance for their parents. Sure, sure. First, for insurance, and, and just to wrap up on on the widow point, there, you know, there there's so many considerations. So again, you know, I I love bringing someone from confusion to confidence. So any questions like this or recessing finances, I'm always happy to do some handholding and and talk things over, including investments and the whole financial picture. Um, yes. Yeah, so on insurance, 
Um, you know, I so I'm, I'm licensed to to sell insurance, and and um, there's all types of different policies that are out there. So I know this area quite well, and I frankly find a lot of people overinsured. So I'm I'm very mm-hmm. careful not to overinsure people, um, but I'm a I'm a big proponent. Um, and, and also, oftentimes when people come to me in their later years, at that point, they're either uninsurable or if they were to get the insurance, they would have to pay a really hefty premium um, after their, their given slate of um, health uh, in the past. So I'm a big proponent of using what you have. Mm-hmm. And, and one place where people are often sitting on money is with old whole life insurance policies. And for instance, with these old whole life policies, and when I say old, I don't mean the, the paper has to be off-white um, mm-hmm. uh, or leather bound. It, it just has to be over 10 years old. And if it is, it likely has some cash value in that whole life policy. And what I see some people doing, particularly if they have any long-term care um, worries, or maybe someone, their dad or mom came down with Alzheimer's and suddenly they realize, oh, yikes this thing is in the gene pool um, or could potentially be in the gene pool. Um, what I recommend or potentially recommend is looking at your whole life policy because here's what you can do. And I'm going to use real clear uh, numbers here just to make the point. So let's say your whole life policy has a cash value, say of $100,000, which that cash value, so long as you want to keep that insurance policy in place, you're not going to touch that cash value. It really isn't doing anything for you. So what you can do is exchange that policy, and let's assume the death benefit was four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So you have this four hundred thousand dollar death benefit, and um, and you're thinking, well, great, I'm never going to use this money; it's not going to benefit me. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh, I have this um, Alzheimer's scare now in my family, and now I'm worried about long-term care. Gosh, I bought the wrong kind of insurance. Now what do I do? So what you can do is exchange your current policy and uh, and soup it up. And what I do is I put these out to bid. So I get all the best carriers to give us their most competitive pricing. And for example, for one client, <clears throat> similar numbers, we came back with a plan that gave her for that uh, old policy, we souped it up or refied it in a sense to a plan that had a death benefit of not 400,000, but 600,000. Mm. Okay. And we made it into a hybrid, which meant that that 600000 that pool of money, could be used towards long-term care expenses if she needed it. And that was for the same amount of money as the $400,000 policy? Yes. And that was, wow. that was using, that was simply using the cash value money that was in there. Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, it, um, it, we actually were able to buy a paid-up plan, paid-up policy, which means she no longer has to pay any more premiums either. Mm-hmm. So wow. this is these are these are real big. Um, I, I would call them wins for clients yeah. when they Sounds work like a home out. Run. It's a home run, and no more premiums, bigger death benefit, and you can use that money for long term care. Wow. Um, so I would say for anyone at home that has a whole life policy, which means there's a cash value, um, if the cash value is over twenty five thousand dollars it's worth us taking a look and seeing if there's something you can do better with it. A lot of great yeah. advice, Nora. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. So before we break, I also want to mention that uh, you provided us with some quarantine resources that we put on our website at margolis.com. And uh, if you go to our resources tab, you'll find Nora's uh, 
what her compilation of uh, different resources out there for people during this pandemic. Sure, happy to provide it. Great. So why don't we break? And then in our next episode, we're going to talk um, more along the same lines, but uh, starting off with the uh, really cost of long-term care. Thank you for listening to the Ask Harry podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends and colleagues. If you have questions about estate planning, you can find answers at askharry.info. And if you don't find your answer there, you can post a question and I will respond to it. You can also subscribe and listen to future episodes on iTunes.